right, welcome to the week nine recap. Uh, David, joined as always by Wyatt. What's up, uh, bro? How's it going? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Good. This was a pretty pretty dope week, uh, especially coming after week eight, which was pretty lame. Uh, so I think we should break up the games this week, just in terms of like, because now it's it's week nine. We're you know past the halfway point of the season, so we kind of know you know everything we need to know about all the teams. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll break the games up by like what results kind of were expected, and then what games were more of surprises. Right? Sound fair? Sounds good, man. All right. So start with the Seahawks versus the Bucks. About what we expected, Seahawks win forty to thirty six because that's what the Bucks do every <laughs> right. week is yeah. just lose shootouts. Exactly what Vegas predicted. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I feel like you know this. Both of these teams kind of did exactly what they've been doing all season. You know, for the Buccaneers, that's you know hanging in there with a good team for all four quarters, looking like at certain points like this was a game that they could win and totally upset a a team that was favored to beat them. And uh, on the other side, the Seahawks, you know. Obviously, they have this great record. Russell Wilson's having an MVP-type season. They were obviously favored in this game, and you know, they there were times where it looked like they were going to lose and things weren't going to go that way, and somehow they ended up pulling out the victory, which is what they've been doing all season. And you know, kind of exemplifying the idea that it doesn't really matter how you win in the NFL as long as you get the W at the end of the mm-hmm. day. That's all that matters. Yep, and it's just the Bucks. Just let's put up a ton of points. Right. So okay, so they average twenty-nine points per game. Sounds great. The problem is they allow 32 points per game. Yeah. And they're 2-6 and six now, but, like, every week. You can't take them lightly. But really, what this game showed us is that Russell Wilson is just – he's on another level. Like, he's just keeping it up. He, he, I think it's fair to say he's the front runner for the MVP at this point. Oh, I would say uh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, it's going to be Deshaun Watson's in there. McCaffrey has to be mentioned in there. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, like whatever, maybe was on the outside, but yeah, Russell Kirk Wilson, Cousins. yeah, yeah, <laughs> he just had to be like a you know honorable mention. But so Russell Wilson, this game, three hundred seventy-eight yards, five pass touchdowns, no turnovers, only ran the ball once, but got twenty-one yards on it. Yeah, so just doing everything basically. No, I mean it's it's impressive stuff for sure. You know, uh, twenty-two interceptions or twenty-two touchdowns rather, one interception. Uh, it's pretty great numbers for the season. Though I do have to say, you know, I'm gonna. I'm not one to, you know, theorize with uh, conspiracy theories too much here. But, um, you know, there's always that play that happened in the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson and the Patriots when, you know, they obviously they could have run that ball in with Marshawn Lynch. For whatever reason, they decided to throw it. And a lot of people after that game were like, were the Seahawks trying to get Russell Wilson mm-hmm. the Super Bowl MVP, you know, and get that game-winning touchdown? Like, was there something to that? And uh, just to piggyback off that idea a little bit, Russell Wilson had two touchdown passes in this game that were less than two yards. Last week, he also had two touchdown passes in the game that were less than two yards. I actually did the research. He has six touchdown passes on this year for three yards or less. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not saying anything. I'm not trying to take anything away from his greatness. There's, that's undeniable. But, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. That seems a little like that's, that's either coaching staff, like game plan, right. or... Or just a crazy anomaly. I mean, maybe Pete Carroll just loves to throw the ball at the one-yard line mm-hmm. for whatever reason, even that though could be it. like his entire identity as a football coach is to run the football. But Yeah, it's not like they don't have a good running back with Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, if, if that is what they're trying to do is get Russell Wilson the MVP, they're doing a good job of it. So he's leading the league with 22 pass touchdowns, right, and one pick. And then he's third in pass yards. And then he's also first in the league in passer rating, second in QBR. Not sure what those mean exactly, but like their official stats mm-hmm. on the you know NFL website, so like they mean something. And then he's completing for him a career high sixty eight percent of his passes. So this is like not only just a great you know year for a quarterback, but for him this is like one of his best seasons. 
in his career too. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's right there in his prime. And I think with uh, Tyler Lockett's playing probably the best football he's played in his career, a lot of that has to do with Russell Wilson, obviously. And then DK Metcalf has really just been a huge addition to this team. You know, yeah. I, don't, I didn't expect this from him. I thought he was going to be one of those guys that's just a body and yeah. not really the skill a to go along body, with it. A big body, a yoked body. It's the body's enough, man. Yeah, he's doing insane. Yeah, and also going into this game, like already this season, you could say that Russell Wilson has you know good weapons around him. Like you, you mentioned, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and then Chris uh, fumbles every single game. <laughs> Carson at running back, Jesus. and now they get Josh Gordon, who's right. healthy, apparently cleared waivers and all that. Yeah. So what do you like? What what do you think about that pickup? Just like you know, after it just happened a couple yeah. of days ago. You know, I'm just, I don't know with Josh Gordon anymore at this point. It's, there's those moments. I really thought it was going to work out with the Patriots with him. It just kind of seemed like a perfect situation. And, you know, the injuries, it just, I'm, I don't know. I don't know about him. I think on paper, it looks great. Like, if he mm-hmm. could be the guy that we know he's capable of being, it's going to be a huge addition for this Seattle team. And to me, it kind of puts him over the edge if, if it works out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, he's the perfect example of just like, you know, Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Right. Or other way, I George right. Bushed it, but you get you get the sentiment. Yeah. But uh, so basically, <laughs> so you think of uh, <laughs> so you think of DK Metcalf as like a huge receiver, right? Right. He's six three two twenty eight. Josh Gordon's six three two twenty five, but wow. way you know way right. better like agile, athletic right. receiver, and he's like proven himself. So I just think he could just be a better version of that. And then you still have DK Metcalf, who he's doing. He has like five touchdowns this year, over 500 yards. Yeah. So it's possible that this is just like another weapon for Russell Wilson, who's already, like we said, putting up crazy numbers. Right. Exactly. And I don't think you know he's not coming into a situation where he has to be the savior, sort of. Which I felt like sometimes was the pressure that was put on him in mm-hmm. New England because there was no one else. You know, with Gronkowski retiring and the injuries, Edelman's injuries, there were times when it was like, Josh Gordon has to be the man for this Patriots team or they're not going to succeed. And so, yeah, I think you're right in that. You know, he could kind of just slide into the Seattle team, not a ton of pressure, and just kind of be another weapon for uh, Russell Wilson. Doesn't have to be the number one guy necessarily, and that he might thrive in an environment like that. Yeah, he could just, like, slide in as, you know, start off as the number three receiver, just get a couple catches, and then slowly... But surely Russell Wilson will realize, wait a sec, this guy's a monster. Like, right. if he obviously, you know, obviously if he can avoid whatever problems he's been dealing with throughout his whole career. So, okay, so I did a little research really quickly and found, because, you know, everyone was like, oh, the Patriots are the best place for Josh Gordon to go. Like, if it doesn't work there, mm. it can't work anywhere. Tom Brady is a great role model. But he's 42, Josh Gordon's 28. Tom Brady, obviously, and Josh Gordon aren't the same, like, anything basically right. besides the fact that they, they don't have a lot in common besides that they play professional football right so russell wilson's only 30 so two years older and there's this quote that i found in uh so russell wilson wrote like a article for the players tribune four years ago he said this is his quote i used to beat people up truthfully i used to beat people up a lot many of you probably think i've been mr goody two shoes my whole life but honestly i was a bully growing up in elementary and middle school i threw kids against the wall rubbed their heads in the dirt at recess i bit them weird i even knocked teeth out i had a lot of anger that i didn't know what to do with thankfully i was saved by my faith when i was 14 years old and was able to start living for others instead of just myself so maybe that's like maybe he can actually be someone who josh gordon can like look to and you know be able to kind of use as a role model because like he's like i said he's only two years older you know obviously josh gordon's problems i don't know what they stem from but like there's anger you know somewhere deep inside that so maybe russell wilson can be someone that could kind of like 
really you know unlock him and yeah. get him on track no i think that's it's definitely definitely true i think russell wilson is probably one of the better leaders we have in the nfl and uh i think if anyone can do it it's probably him and also i think I think Pete Carroll is probably the best players coach in the NFL, mm-hmm. potentially. You know, talk about Chris uh, Chris Carson and his fumbles. If Chris Carson was playing on the Patriots and something like that, I don't think he'd even be on the roster anymore. Cut, and yeah. he's a good player, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think Steve – or, sorry. Uh, Josh Gordon? No. Or, oh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll is going to give him, you know, all the opportunity and I think a lot of freedom to try to mm-hmm. just be himself and you know they're not going to put too much pressure on him yeah I think that's going to be the key yeah yeah and mainly it's just like we're hoping for the best because it's not fun to be like oh they signed him but he's going to you know he's going to relapse and right. whatever blah 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 yeah there's no fun in that and, and I think we'll know pretty soon too mm-hmm. as quickly as this next week definitely yeah because I think I know he was cleared to play last week but obviously that would have been quick because right. he had missed a couple weeks already yeah so and also this season it seems like his the reasons he hasn't played have been injury related, not exactly. anything else. Right, and that's just kind of—it's just another thing, mm-hmm. and so that's why you hope it's just—it doesn't continue that way because it's just there's always something. Yeah, so. yeah. So now hopefully this can be the the best landing spot for him. Right. Uh, okay, let's move on to another game that wasn't that surprising of a result. Panthers beat the Titans thirty to twenty. This wasn't like a great game by any stretch, but really we just have to shout out Christian McCaffrey because he just keeps doing. The most ridiculous shit we've ever seen from a white running back since, like, maybe in the 40s and, like, 1930s. There was probably I mean, yeah. some guy doing this, but, like... I think it's fair to say any running back, too. Mm-hmm. Not just a white running back. But, I mean, obviously, definitely a white running back. But, uh, no, I mean, it's insane. I I've, Like, he just seems to be good for a 40-yard touchdown run every game, which is a ridiculous statement to me, yeah. you know? And, I mean, he's had two the past two games, and, and he's just playing on a different level right now. It's, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, and it's, like... It seems like uh, Baker Mayfield should probably try and take a page out of McCaffrey's book where, like, you know, Mayfield tried to do all the talking first before he really did anything. Mm. But McCaffrey is just like, let me get my 150 yards, two touchdowns. And, like, he doesn't say a word the whole game. Exactly. Like, he's never talking shit to anybody. He just gets his – and he the thing is he's getting, like, 20-plus carries every game. Mm-hmm. He, you know, you'd never hear him say Ridiculous anything. amount of touches. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like he's just, you know, like a – spot guy who can make plays every once in a while it's like he's at every down back he gets like 90 something percent of the carries there and he just doesn't say anything and his team happens to be five and three i believe right and in line for you know like a solid seed they're not going to win their division their conference or their division but like they're doing really well for especially with the backup yeah they're in the hunt in you know the best conference in the nfl Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think uh you know, I haven't seen Christian McCaffrey in any commercials recently either, have you? He's in, like, one. Right. But it's also, he doesn't really say anything. Exactly. It's like, I've they seen, play on the awkwardness, kind of. I've seen Baker Mayfield in, like, four or five, I feel like, you know, as since the start of the season. Uh, I also think Baker Mayfield, like, shaved, like, four times in this past game instead of, I don't know, like, looking at tape maybe, like, going to the iPad. Yeah. You know, figuring out, like, how to not throw an interception. So, yeah, I would think Baker Mayfield should definitely take out a page of uh, McCaffrey's book there yeah so he's okay so McCaffrey has 881 rush yards this season which is second in the league to Dalvin Cook but the Panthers already had their bye week right and the Vikings haven't and Dalvin Cook only has 13 more rush yards than McCaffrey in a full game extra wow yeah and McCaffrey has 10 touchdowns just rushing three more receiving no fumbles which is also insane to think about with like we just said how much usage he gets zero fumbles the whole year nah. 
that's I mean my one worry would be is he's getting so many touches and his usage is so high you know how long can he keep this going Mm -hmm. and I that's kind of also like a a modern very modern sentiment because you know for a very long time in the NFL running backs played all 16 games got 20 plus carries a game and you know had 20 year careers that's what maybe Christian McCaffrey is just one of those guys Mm -hmm. you know he's his dad played in the NFL his mom was a super athlete his grandfather was an Olympian you know this guy is just he has those genes to just you know be a superstar and just not you know get tired at any point so uh, I think he could keep it up and you know I think the Panthers put Cam Newton on IR today yeah so Kyle Allen is officially in it for the whole for the long haul for the yeah. long haul man and so we'll see here yeah we'll see yeah. and so it said they could potentially bring cam newton back for the playoffs but that would make no sense like don't play a game the if, you know only play two right. games the first two weeks don't play again and then let's bring you back for the playoffs that no I don't cam newton played two games or three i think he played three maybe three I think yeah. he was one and two right yeah and so yeah i don't think if kyle allen gets you into the playoffs you're not going to bring in yeah you can't go away from again you're just posturing and Mm -hmm. the fact that carolina is posturing the way they are makes me think that cam newton's done in carolina you know if Mm -hmm. you're if you're saying stuff like it just it's not it's a lie everyone knows it's not true so to me he's done and that's going to be an intriguing situation at the end of the season to see what happens with him yeah to see where if he gets traded or see what happens especially depending on how kyle allen does with the team the rest of the season exactly uh, okay, let's go to another, you know the final non-surprising result. Bills beat the Redskins twenty-four-nine. Just basically, the Bills continue to beat up on bad teams. They're six and two, and they still play Cleveland, Miami, Denver, Pittsburgh, and the Jets. I mean, <laughs> that's what kind of luck right, is that's that? Just, it's unreal. It really is. I mean, you tell me that schedule, and I'm, that sounds like a playoff team to yeah. me right there. As unbelievable as it is, you know. Like I said last week, you got to beat bad teams in the NFL to be a good team, and that's what the Bills continue to do. And, yeah, they haven't beat a, a great team yet, but like you just said with that schedule, they're not going to have to beat a great team to even make the playoffs, luckily enough for them mm-hmm. and Josh Allen. So uh, I think the Bills kind of made the playoffs this way like two or three years ago. Yeah. They were like 9-7 and seven or something and you know just won those easy games. So uh, this is it's a good win for them. As far as the Redskins go, they're just complete – disaster to have nothing positive to say about them whatsoever Dwayne Haskins I mean there's just nothing that looks good there like that's a I don't the Redskins have never been good in our lifetime I don't see it happening anytime soon Kirk Cousins was like the best quarterback they've had which is saying something yeah yeah. that's your peak as a franchise the Redskins right claim to fame is that Sean McVay was the offensive coordinator for two years that's And then and they like, let him go. And then if right. you try and ask any more follow up questions, like no, 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 right. yeah. session is closed. Like why did he leave? No, it doesn't matter. We had him here. Uh, he was the coach here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> or are yeah. the Redskins still waiting on Alex Smith to just come back and save the day? I think that's their hope. <laughs> Alex like, Smith, who hasn't played football in like two two and a half seasons. Just I think. wait. When yeah. Alex Smith gets back, oh my god. I actually heard a report recently that like Alex Smith still wants to play football, and I thought. I thought he'd already like called it quits. Didn't he have but, like seven surgeries or something yeah. on just that leg mm-hmm. because there was all these complications? And, it's, like, it's unreal, dude. At that point, and he's older too now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's already he was a number one pick. Like yeah. he's made his money, he's had his success. Like don't, especially don't come back to Washington. Right. Like if you get traded to a better situation, then yeah, maybe consider it. But why would you walk into the? They're like they have one win against the Dolphins by one point, and that's it. That's their entire season right there. 
Terrible. So, yeah, we don't have to talk about that game anymore because that's just embarrassing. Uh, but just had to me- mention that the Bills somehow 6-2, and two, which makes no sense. Uh, Who do the Bills have next week? You know, they play the Browns. Browns? Yeah. Jesus. Which, yeah, right there. I mean, See, okay, that's an interesting game, actually. Mm-hmm. Because if the Browns... That's when it's like, the Browns lose, all right, you guys are just yeah complete garbage if they're not already. And the Bills, if they actually could win that game, I would be like, hey, man, you know, maybe the Bills are... Maybe I'm not giving them quite enough credit. Yeah, and the thing is, I mentioned those five terrible teams they have to play. They only, If they win four of those, that's ten wins right there. And that probably gets oh, you Oh, ten in, wins is in, in the, the playoffs, AFC. no doubt. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, so let's get to, hands down, the game of the weekend. The undefeated Patriots go to Baltimore, most hyped game probably up till this point in the season, and take a big L, 37-20. to 20. So there's a lot to unpack with this game, obviously. Uh, what's, like, what's the biggest takeaway for you? Is it more about the Patriots and what they were lacking, or is it what the Ravens showed you? I mean, the biggest takeaway for me is that, you know, the Patriots, when it comes to scheming against the opposition, there's no one better. And uh, what this game told me is that when it comes to Lamar Jackson, you, there's no scheme for him. You know, there's nothing to, there's no plays designed, no defense to set up that could really stop his improvisation and these things that he does when he's running around in the pocket. And I mean, ultimately, that was uh, the thing that doomed the Patriots the most in this game. I mean, with that being said, the Ravens bullied them around a little bit, you know, uh, running the ball. I think a lot of people had said this season that the biggest uh, deficiency that the Patriots' defense had was their run, uh, running defense, and uh, the Ravens definitely exposed them there today. But, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast. The Patriots necessarily haven't played anyone. I know they showed the graphic during the game of, like, all the quarterbacks <laughs> they faced, and there wasn't one face on there that was like, oh, that guy balls. Nope, not zero. Not one. Uh, and so this was the first time they really played a, a competent, you know, exciting, good quarterback. And frankly, they, they lost. They were in this game at a certain point. They, they were out of it very early, got back into it, and then it was over again with that uh, Edelman fumble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wasn't expecting this from the Ravens either. But at the same time, the Patriots were going to lose this season. I didn't think they were going to go undefeated. I think they are going to lose a couple times at least this season. And... uh the Ravens definitely exposed them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it is. This defense was obviously, you know, it looked like one of the best defenses ever. They're allowing under eight points per game leading up to this game, but that now it looks like that was more due to who they had played. Yeah, but still a great defense. But yeah, like like you said, their secondary was really the strength, and you know they had been carved up the week before by Nick Chubb, uh, even though you know it kind of went under the radar because they they you know blew out the browns but he still had like 130 rush yards right so this week uh mark ingram gets 115 rush yards on 15 carries gus edwards gets 27 and a touchdown and then lamar jackson rushes rushes for two touchdowns so they might have given the rest of the league like kind of the blueprint to beat them for sure uh but at the same time there's no i don't think there's any other team in the league that can do what the ravens can do yeah exactly no i, I agree with that wholeheartedly i think the ravens you know when it comes to ground and pound you Mm -hmm. know and they're able to do so many weird things because of lamar jackson that create holes for guys like ingram and uh edmonds and yeah yeah i don't think anyone else in the nfl could quite replicate what they're able to do though i do think without a doubt when you're if you're playing the patriots the way to win is you're gonna have to control the clock control the ball and run it yeah yeah and so so i was completely wrong going into this game i did think like Okay, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, all they do is shut down what the opposing team wants to do. Um, so, you know, I really thought that they were going to shut down Lamar, make him have to throw the ball, and 
the Ravens would fall apart from there. Obviously, I was dead wrong about that, which, you know, at first gave me hope because I was like, oh, my God, maybe the Patriots aren't the best team this year. Mm-hmm. But then this this uh, thought crept in, into my mind and just ruined my entire day and possibly the rest of the season. What if the Patriots just threw this game away because they're like, wait a sec, we're undefeated. We can afford to lose this game and still get the number one seed mm. in the AFC and let's not show the Ravens or anyone else what we would do to stop them because – Belichick's smart. He knows yeah. that this Ravens team is dangerous, and they could easily meet in the AFC Championship game or the semifinal in the AFC. For sure. And it's, I mean, that could just be like PTSD from all these years of just seeing the Patriots win no matter what. Right. But that's always like in the back of your mind that they could have been, you know, holding something back at least, it seems like. No, I think that's a great point, actually. Um, seems like something Belichick would do, you know, kind of use this game as like a film game because mm-hmm. now you've got Lamar Jackson on tape versus your team. Mm-hmm. You you know, it seems like the Ravens showed a decent amount of their hand for sure, you right. know, what they would want to do versus the Patriots. So uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot different things coming from the Ravens if they were to meet them uh, in the playoffs. So, no, I think that's a, that's a very interesting point. You know, the Patriots always seem to take it up a notch when they get into the playoffs and, you know, they show other teams things that they haven't seen before and they seem to also kind of just know what other teams are doing by the time that uh the playoffs roll around so yeah i think that's it's an interesting point and you know with lamar jackson too he's gonna he's gonna have to make throws ultimately if he's gonna you know get to the super bowl uh, we saw that last year in the playoffs with them you know they 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 went on a big streak to win that division and get into the playoffs and they met the chargers in the playoffs and lamar jackson wasn't able to make the throws that he had to make to win and they mm-hmm. they they're out in the first round and so uh you know he's gonna have to make certain plays uh if they're gonna keep going and um no yeah this is where it's like the the matchups for football are so specific especially compared to other sports where basketball it's like if you have the best players you're you can beat whoever but football it's so much more matchup dependent so like the chiefs might be the second best team in the afc like if if the Chiefs play the Ravens in the semifinals of the AFC, the Chiefs might win that, but they might not be as well suited to beat the Patriots right. because they're more pass focused. Where the Patriots have probably the best secondary in the league, so they're more geared to stop a passing team. But it's yeah. like, but the Ravens have to get through these other teams to be able to get there. So like the Patriots can kind of just rely on like just beat who they have to beat and hope that the other teams take care of themselves. No, exactly. I think that's a great point. It kind of reminds me of. Um, it was two years ago when uh, the Jaguars beat the Patriots. Or, sorry, the Patriots beat... That's, mm-hmm. that, wow, that sounded really weird. Yeah, what, <laughs> the Jaguars beat the Patriots. <laughs> no, the Patriots beat the Jaguars in the, the AFC title game after the Jaguars had beat the Steelers. So mm-hmm. I thought if the Steelers had played, the Patriots that year probably had the better team. Yep. A lot of offensive weapons could have gone to the Super Bowl. But the Jaguars were a tougher matchup for the Steelers. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they're looking forward a little bit. Yeah. Of course, obviously the Patriots pounded the Jaguars and Blake Bortles because it's because Blake it's Bortles and it's the Jaguars. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I think that's it's, it. Does matter because it's very possible the Ravens and the Patriots don't play again. You know, and maybe yeah, maybe the Ravens are the perfect team to to beat them, and um, they won't see each other. But if Bill Belichick has it his way, like the luck that that guy's had, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But, because it really does seem like. The main weakness for the Patriots is that run defense. Because it's like, even against, they haven't played good teams, but they just, they're, like, the the yards per carry that they allow isn't good. Right. So that's, like, 
And that's the problem with the Chiefs, as we've said it every week, basically, is they don't have a running game. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll get to their game next. They had, it looks like, a good amount of rush yards, but 91 of those yards came on one play. So, like, how are they, like, the Chiefs, I don't know. Like, obviously, with Mahomes at full strength, they're probably the best bet to beat the Patriots. Right. But, I don't know. This Ravens team is, like, this game kind of just reminded me, like, I need to remember the Ravens. Uh-huh. Because I always forget about them when I'm thinking, who are the best teams in the AFC? It's always, okay, obviously the Patriots, and then it's the Chiefs, the Texans, the Colts. Like, I never I never remember the Ravens for some reason. Yeah, you know, they're kind of flying in a weird way below the radar, especially. Oh, like, I get what you, you know, see what you did Yeah, there. yeah, up, yeah, up until this game, <laughs> flying below. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, um, fuck, what was I going to say? It is because they lost to the Browns by Fifteen points. I think right. that's I mean, the main reason. They've, they've had some games. They've also. This is a team that beat the Seahawks too, who we were just mm-hmm. talking up pretty well, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they beat them at home. Yeah, thirty so, to sixteen. It right. wasn't even a close game. So I mean, they have some big wins on their uh, schedule already. Mm-hmm. This is this is a really good football team. A team I fully expect to look to make a deep run when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, because they do have everything that you need in the playoffs. I yeah. mean, and you said the Chargers. They the Chargers took them out last season, but that was uh, Lamar Jackson's rookie year, wasn't yeah. it? First so, playoff game. Yeah, and now and he, they got... He played terribly, too. Yeah, he didn't have a good game at all. He's looked... He hasn't been a good passer, but the thing is, he hasn't needed to be. Right. So it's like, why is he going to try and prove people wrong? Exactly. When he doesn't need to. But he's going to have to. He's going to have to, That's what yeah. I'm saying. And yeah. so, yeah. And also, I just want to make one more thing about the Patriots. I think kind of the overarching theme about this whole game that we could take away from it is that... You know, last year, I think I kind of felt the same way. A lot of people felt the same way. Like, oh, maybe the Patriots, they look weaker this year. Mm-hmm. Their offense, they didn't have as many weapons. The defense didn't even look as strong as it does this year. It's just, it's hard to take, and they're 8-1, by the way. You know, it's hard yeah. to take the Patriots, take anything away from them this early in the season. I know we're more than halfway in the season, but mm-hmm. still, it's just, this is a team that's going to be, probably get a bye week into the playoffs, you know? For and sure, so, yeah. All they're going to have to do is win two games to get to the Super Bowl, and those are really going to be the only two games that are going to matter for them for the rest of the season at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I could say Tom Brady looks old. I could say he looks weak. I could say that offense, like, I could say, you know, it looks like another team could beat them. There might be the Ravens, the Chiefs, you know, but at the end of the day, they've made it to the Super Bowl two years in a row, and they've, we've, I feel like they've been in this position before where we're kind of doubting them a little bit, mm-hmm. especially after a loss like this, even though it's their first loss of the season. So I'm not going to make too much of it. Yeah. It just, it was their first test of the season. So right. we, we would like to think like, okay, they know this is a statement game. Like, but that's, that's the problem. I think actually thinking about it is that we all thought the public thought, Oh, they know this is a statement game. So Belichick is back there. Like, wait, everyone right. thinks this is a statement game. Not no, for it's us. not. Exactly. Let's just throw it away. Exactly. So that's I mean, just right. it's, it's scary, but that's that's just the you know thought that keeps creeping into my mind. It's like this could not matter no, at all. It's at kind of, of like day. a weird like a like resting NBA players sort of you know mm-hmm. it kind of ties in with that whole thing. It's like maybe you know maybe Belichick just needs to win the games that will get him into the playoffs. You know those easy games. He just needs mm-hmm. to win twelve games, thirteen games, whatever it is. You know, and the rest of that shit doesn't matter. Because so. they'll get to that easily. I mean, right. so. The last thing I guess we'll, that we'll say about this game was that, or is that looking forward the the Patriots' next four games though? So like this is just the start of their rough stretch of the right. season because like you mentioned earlier they played nobody until this week. So okay, next four weeks they have at the Eagles versus the Cowboys at the Texans and then versus the Chiefs where Mahomes will have to be back, mm. and hopefully he'll still be healthy by then. 
But that's like, if you include this Ravens game, that's a five game stretch that's up there with any other teams in terms of like, you know, most difficult five games and they already are 0 and 1. Right. For so sure. it's possible that, you know, they could come out of that like two and three or one and four even. No, I, I think, honestly, I think they lose two of those games. I, I mm-hmm. think maybe even the Eagles beat them next week just because the Eagles have to win. They're kind of in desperate situations mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but like I said, a 13-3 and three Patriot team, like that's still a team that's going to advance, you know, and get a, a bye in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it matters to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. it's really know? that Chiefs game. The Chiefs, so those last two games, the Texans and then the Chiefs. Right. Because those are at least AFC matchups where it's like, if they lose those two games, then it's they've lost to the the second, third, and fourth teams behind them in the in the conference. This is true. That's where it's like, okay, well, yeah, this is true. But also, if you're if by that time, say you already have clinched a one seed mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, how much, especially in that last week of the season versus the Texans, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna show the Texans your yeah. hand. I mean, they yeah. could also that those are two teams that could be playing in the first or second round. Mm-hmm. So um, that could mean nothing for the right Patriots, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't – it's – also, I don't see if they're going to play the Chiefs. I don't see them doing too much versus the Chiefs either. I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to tank necessarily in those games, but we'll see. They just will just, like, not show everything that they have. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I just think this is more for the Ravens, actually, just to, like, show that they belong right. in that upper – I mean, right now it's like, can you really mention any other team as second best in the AFC? If like the worst you could say the Ravens are is second best, because they only have two losses now, so yeah. they're tied with the Bills technically. But spoiler alert: the Bills are not on the same level as the Ravens. No, I would put them over the Texans. I'd put them over the Colts. I'd put yeah. I don't think there's another team that's there. And I, they they lost to the Chiefs by five points. Yeah, I, I think two, it's so. even fair you could say that they're the number one team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's hard for me to rank a team over them that they just beat. Right. Regardless of everything we just said, if we're talking here, now, the mm-hmm. present, the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm a Ravens fan now. Like, that's just a fun team to root for. Like, yeah. the guys they have are sick. Uh, Lamar Jackson is just like, again, not to like just roast Baker Mayfield, but the exact <laughs> opposite of him, where like, let your play do the talking first. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson doesn't say anything, he's just humble. And then, oh, next thing you know, he beats Tom Brady. Exactly. Which is like, what Baker Mayfield probably dreams of every night, which will probably never happen. Exactly. Hate to break it to you. Uh, okay, let's move to speaking of the Chiefs. So without Mahomes for the second week, they beat the Vikings 26-23 on a last-second field goal. So is this surprising? Just because it's kind of what Andy Reid does is make random dudes look good. Matt Moore, second week in a row, puts up respectable numbers. And this week, actually, more than respectable, put up actually, like, pretty good numbers actually yeah no i commend matt Moore. i think he he did exactly what he had to do he was a uh, filled patrick mahomes shoes pretty well you know especially that tight that pass to tyree kill i thought that was a mahomes-esque throw mm-hmm. a straight up dime um i think he did just enough obviously the chief's defense played well just enough but for me the story coming from this game is it has to be Kirk cousins man you know and uh Kirk Cousins, after this game, is officially as a Viking. He's now two nine and one versus teams with a winning record. And yeah. in the playoffs, you only play teams with winning records, by yeah. the way. So no, I mean this. The Vikings should have won this game. I watched this whole game. Uh, the Chiefs were there. They hung tough, but I mean it was there for the taking for the Vikings. And t- terrible play calling, and then again, just uh, 
Cousins just missing wide open throws. He missed mm-hmm. digs a couple times on some deep balls. They're just balls that you have to complete as a quarterback if you're going to beat these good teams. And again, the Vikings just failed to do it. And so they continue to not be able to beat the teams they have to be in order for us to say, okay, the Vikings are a legit contender, even though they still have one of the best records in the NFC. Yeah, you know, so it, to me, it's the, it's the most hollow, it's the weakest of those records because they continue to just not be able to get those big wins. Yeah, and so we'll get to the, uh, this, this has to do with the next game that we'll get to, but this is a huge loss for the Vikings just because the Packers lost. Right. And so with the win here, the Vikings would have been tied with the Packers for the, you know, for the top of that for that division and they would have you know the Packers have the tiebreaker but they play again so this was a huge game for them uh you know team missing the best player in the league arguably and a defense that's not like that's putting it lightly to say the Chiefs don't have a good defense right and you only put up 23 points well especially the 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 weakness of the Chiefs defense is their run and Mm -hmm. you know that's what the Vikings supposedly specialize Mm -hmm. in they got Dalvin Cook who leads the league in rushing and you know he had a good game too but it wasn't enough because Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, you know, wasn't able to get done. And also, with that being said, you know, the Vikings, that last drive that they came out on, uh, they threw the ball three consecutive times. And they had plenty of time. They weren't in a rush. It wasn't even a two-minute drill, you know. They could have just run the ball a couple times. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they decided to throw the ball with Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he made some terrible throws. They didn't complete any of them. I'm pretty sure they just lost yards. And it's a punt game over, basically, after that. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it, it continues to baffle me to just see teams go – against the grain of what's been working for them and the vikings love to do that maybe more than any other team and they have the worst quarterback to do it with so. yeah yeah where it's just i don't know if that's like mike zimmer seems like a good coach but that just seems like coaching where it's like overthinking it see i don't think mike zimmer's a good coach okay i, think, I don't know why i, say, I, just I think, think he, he has some like you know he's all. he's a good quarterback or mm-hmm. a coordinator at times i think he's a decent motivator of players but when it comes to game management and just the flow of the game, I don't think he's very good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even you look at the situation that happened with Filippo and the firing last year, just how it was all handled, it just doesn't seem like a guy to me that's fully in control of his football team. Yeah. And, again, you know, when you can't beat good teams, that falls as much on the coach as the quarterback. And so, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, cause they're kind of like the same thing. You know, the quarterback's just the extension. Right, the exactly. And something's missing there for both those parties. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that, Zimmer looks like he could be Kirk Cousins' dad. Like they could related, be related. Where like I mean, you know they'll get you a good regular season record, but they're not winning anything. Right. You know like when it matters. Exactly. It's possible. And then when things go bad, just blame it on someone else. Yeah. yeah. So it's someone else's fault. Right. Fire someone. Yeah. Do you know? Trade I mean, this guy. Adam Thielen wasn't there. Which now it's just looking like he really is, basically like their barometer on offense and just as a team in general which shouldn't be the case like one receiver shouldn't well exactly it points to the fact that Kirk Cousins is weak as a quarterback Mm -hmm. because if that's the we know Thielen is a top wide receiver Mm -hmm. you know and if that's the only guy you get the ball to you know because there's quarter the great quarterbacks out there Tom Brady's an example Philip Rivers an example Aaron Rodgers even they've had times where there are guys playing wide receiver you're like who what's that guy's name and but they're still getting completions they're still throwing touchdowns and Kirk Cousins doesn't seem to have that ability. He's even got Stefan Diggs out there, right, yeah, yeah. who's a great wide receiver. And I know he's been playing well, but I think he had less than 10 he yards had, He receiving. had one catch for four yards. Yeah, so... Which, what? But again, that's also coaching. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you got this skill guy out here, man. Like, yeah. how are you not utilizing that more? And if... He, okay, let's just say it's because he's getting double and triple teamed. Yeah. 
then okay, that means you have other guys who are wide open. That's like, what you, right. There's no excuse. That's not an excuse. That's what you would think. You know? And there were, again, there were times that Diggs, there were plays where he was open. He mm-hmm. could have scored a touchdown once. There was a bomb, and Cousins just missed, missed him. Throw. Yeah, so, up, so that's the thing is Cousins is just a guy that, like, you look at the box score, you look at the big stats, and you're like, oh, nice, nice game. So he had three touchdowns, no interceptions. Looks good. Then you look a little deeper, just right. a tiny bit deeper, no advanced stats. He completed 50% of his passes. That's all you need to see right, right there. Like against the Chiefs secondary, that is not good at all. Like they've let random teams carve them up. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins can't even complete over 50% of his passes. That's, exactly. And it seems like it. there's certain plays where like he'll miss a guy downfield and then for the next 15 plays, it seems like he's afraid to throw the ball mm-hmm. for more than five yards and he's just checking it down every time. And you're like, Kurt, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You know, this is not how you get first downs, but. That's, I, that's just yeah. him at this point. I, dude, I just. The Vikings to me are just not, they're never get this team is never gonna win and they're a good team they have really good football players on both sides of the ball mm-hmm. but there's just certain elements of this team mainly the coach mainly the quarterback that just it's not gonna happen for them yeah the two most important right because they have everything else they got the players on defense right. they got the star two star receivers the really good running back I would say second best RB in NFL right now. yeah and two top 10 receivers uh maybe you know at their best even they could both be like you know top seven or whatever and that's what else do you need like right what Exa- else do you need? exactly like that's that's the idea what else what what else do you need to win and uh like i said two nine and one kirk cousins first winning teams that's so bad yeah i do think we should start a thing where like when we say teams records we should take out the absolute garbage teams. yeah like that should be a thing i'm okay with that yeah because then it's like if you do that, your expectations going into the playoffs will be much more accurate because in the playoffs, like you said, you don't play the Cardinals, the Dolphins. Here's so. what we should do. Right before the playoffs start, we should break down the records for all the teams mm-hmm. versus winning uh, teams with winning records and mm-hmm. then make our predictions based off that. Yeah. That would be interesting. And watch, and then watch. Right. It'll be all like, exactly. Oh, right. All the teams right? with like, high. Right. Exactly. That's weird. Because that's what you would assume. You know, if a team is like, oh, you know, the – Chiefs are four and zero versus mm-hmm. teams with a winning record. I'm like, okay, like that's that's probably gonna bode well for you when you're playing nothing but teams with winning records. Huh. Like, huh? Whereas, Wait, like, you beat all these one in eight teams, but you lost in the first round. No oh, way! The Vikings got ousted by a wild card team. Like, what? What a oh, surprise! No, they've never beat a team with a winning record. How about that? Oh, that way. Yeah. Just do a little research. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a perfect setup for second win in a row two in a row baby two in a row the packers travel to los angeles which turned into green bay to the dignity health center whatever dignity yeah dignity and the packers lose their dignity yeah and the chargers win 26 to 11 so okay before you go in just this basically was just a reminder to me that like all your previous matchups like, all your week's results leading up to a game in the NFL don't matter. Right. Like, they literally mean nothing. You could be 1-8, and eight and the other team could be 8-1. and one. You play each other. None of that matters. Right. It's what's happening right there in those 60 minutes. And that's basically what this game was. You know, you're right. You're, you're, you're very, very right. There's no doubt. You know, any week in the NFL, if your team, you guys don't show up to play, you're you could very well lose, you know? And I think that's kind of the narrative that's come from this game is like, you know, if you show up, you're the Packers, you go out to LA, you, you know, you relax, you think you're playing a three and five team, it's going to be okay. You come out flat and you don't win. 
But in my opinion, the Chargers dominated this game in all three phases from the start to the finish. It was a wire-to-wire victory. I mean, frankly, that f- touchdown that the Packers scored was sort of a garbage touchdown. The game was already out of hand at that point. The Chargers were up 19 to nothing at one point in this game. Um, I think you're kind of selling the Chargers a little short here. Uh, we were 12-4 and last season. You know, This was kind of the first time outside of maybe that first game of the season when we beat the Colts that we've kind of put it all together. We're also getting pieces back. Uh, Russell Okun, this is his second straight game playing. The offensive line seems to be holding up a lot better because of that. Melvin Ingram is finally healthy again, and obviously him and Bosa have just been wrecking backfields these past two weeks because of it. Um, I really think this is this is the real Chargers, in my opinion. This is the team they were supposed to be this season. And, you know, obviously their record, it's bad. But if you look at their this team last season, they played a lot of close games. They just happened to win those close games. Mm-hmm. This season, they've just lost those close games. Uh, they've lost every game they've lost this season has been by less than a touchdown, or a touchdown or less, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Chargers, this is what they do. They, they lose early. They lose some games they definitely should have won. I think you could even argue they won some games they maybe should have lost, like last week's an example. But uh, they're going to make a run, and they're going to beat good teams because they are a good team. If you're talking about just sheer talent, the Chargers have just as much talent as pretty much anyone else in the NFL. So um, this is a big win for them. I think it says, you know, I was in the, I'm not totally sold on the Packers necessarily. Uh, you know, they just they kind of escaped versus the Chiefs versus Matt Moore's Chiefs, you know. Uh, they've, that win versus Chicago early was kind of sketchy. I'm just, you know, they've, they're a good team. They're a playoff team. A lot. This was kind of everyone's favorite Super Bowl pick after last week, it seemed like, and the Chargers dominate them on three phases, and the only narrative that really comes out of the game is, oh, the Packers just came out flat. But, you know, the life of a Chargers fan, that's what it is. That's right? just the media hate yeah. for the Chargers, yeah. Right. Yeah, it really was like two teams going in different directions, but where they were both due for kind of like a, you know, a correction. This is true. If you say yeah. like, so, so the chargers, you know, look terrible. They were four and four going in, or what were they going into this oh, yeah, game? Yeah. Three and five, right? Three and five. Yeah. yeah. And so, but if you, like you said, you look at their losses, they shouldn't have lost to, okay. So their losses are bad. They lost to the lions and then Houston. That's okay. But then Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, like, right. We could have won too. all those games for right. me. Detroit, Tennessee, those those are games you just have you had mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. Both those games we fumbled at the one yard line, and that's basically why we lost. Yeah. So it looks like the Chargers are worse than they are. So that's where it's like, right. okay, they're not really three and five. Like there's a lot of other. Well, teams they're they're better than their record suggests. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. And then on the other end, the Packers seven and one going into this game, they're not really that good. Yeah. You mentioned some of their games, and then also that Lions game where the refs were. It was Halloween for the oh, refs. Right. They were wearing Packers jerseys. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So where the Packers weren't that great. So mm. it's kind of like this is a perfect like equilibrium game where both teams kind of start to come back towards where they're probably going to end up. Like the Chargers are probably going to end up, if not making the playoffs, they'll be right there, you know, right there battling for a spot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then the Packers are for sure going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to end the season as like a, you know, a one or two seed. I don't uh, They could get the two seed in the NFC, but I don't think they're going to be looked at as like a favorite right you know and anytime you have Aaron Rodgers obviously you're always a threat and even in this game that was kind of like a factor going mm-hmm. down of course the Chargers were not great at holding leads necessarily and there was even times where like oh my god Aaron Rodgers like is he gonna lead some crazy comeback yeah. so there's always gonna be that with him and he's great we know that so I still think the Packers obviously they're 
one of the biggest threats out in the AFC, mainly, mainly because of him, and obviously that defense is playing better. But, I mean, if you're the Chargers, you know, you play the Raiders this Thursday. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are 4-4. Four and four. Chargers are 4-5. and five. So, obviously, the Raiders have had their bye week already. Uh, you know, you win that game, then you get the Chiefs next week in Mexico City. You win that game, you're 6-5, and five, you have a chance to win the division. I mean, it's right there for the Chargers. If they could go on another one of these runs, mm-hmm. it very well could happen to them. And trust me, there's no team out there that wants to play the Chargers. And that's any time, and th- this week just proves that, you know. this. Like I said, uh, there's a guy, some, some I forget who, what is a uh, defensive tackle on the Packers was interviewed after the game, and he said, you know, you watch the film of the Chargers, they don't look like a 3-5 a and five team or a 2-5 mm-hmm. team. And that's the idea. Is, like I said, they have a lot of talent. So um, this is a team that if they get to the playoffs, and that's going to be hard. It's it's going it's an uphill battle at this mm-hmm. point. But if they get there, they're going to be just as much a threat as anyone. Yeah, where it's like get to the playoffs, like just take it week by week. Right. Get to the playoffs, then anything can happen. Yeah, it's exactly. A new season. Yeah, and I think what what you said that what the D tackle said from the Packers. That's what if you're an NFL player when you're watching film or whatever it is going into a week, you should not want to know the record of the team you're playing. Right. You should know who they have. And that's it. Exactly. Because the record is so misleading. Like, there's all these weird results every week in the NFL where, right. like, this team won by two points because of what, oh, like, oh, so the Colts, for example, lose to the Steelers because Vinatieri, like, one of the best kickers <laughs> of all time, misses a chip shot. Or, like, when the Rams lost to the Seahawks right. because Greg, the leg, misses a chip shot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it looks like that team's bad, but really, no. And that's how you get taken advantage of is where you come into a game like the Packers, where Aaron right. Rodgers looks like the MVP front runner, and then he gets held to 11 points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 11 points, and I'm pretty sure they had less than, like, they had, like, 50 yards passing at the end of the third yeah. quarter or something yeah. like that. So, he got most of his yards in garbage time. Like I said, it was a really dominant performance by the Chargers. I mean, shout-out to the Bosa brothers, by the way, just taking over the NFL right now. Oh, yeah, um, they're killing it. No, really, though, the best. There's a lot of good brother combos in the NFL. They're the best right now, mm-hmm. especially with J.J. Watt out, you know. Yeah. Without a doubt. Oh, um, yeah, it just has, like, as a, if you combine them, yeah, they're, the Boses are better than the Watts. Oh, for, for sure. sure, exactly. Yeah. Also, one thing I want to point out, interesting, is uh, so the Chiefs played the Vikings, who are obviously in the NFC North, and the mm-hmm. Chiefs are in the AFC West. So the Chargers played the Packers, so two teams in the same division there, and then uh, the Raiders played the Lions. So mm-hmm. all three teams from the AFC uh, West won those yeah. games. They beat all three teams from the NFC North, which was I think even we thought widely considered to be the best division in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Uh, on the other side of that, too, the Broncos beat the Browns this week. So I think, you know, the AFC West kind of earlier in the season was looked at maybe as one of the more porous divisions. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if you look top to bottom, one through four, I think that's one, maybe one of the best divisions in football right yeah. now. You know, the Broncos lost a lot of early tough games, and they their record could be a lot – they're a lot better than their record says, I think. So some good teams in the AFC West. Yeah, those are all teams where – Again, throw the record out. Like yeah. the Raiders, even like no one wants to play the Raiders. Exactly, no. So that's surprising. I mean, any week they could beat you. That's mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And yeah, yeah. And I would say one thing that it's because you guys, the Chargers, still have to play the Chiefs twice, right? Right. Uh, one thing that does bode well for the Chargers is that, like you mentioned, Melvin Ingram and Bosa going against hobbled Mahomes. Right. Like he's gonna have to be worried about his for ankle, sure. his knee, whatever it is, because. He's going to have two monsters coming at him no. every play. And that's a fact. And, I mean, the Packers were not really good at running the ball this game. And that's if, if the Chargers could get up on teams and mm-hmm. force other teams to throw the ball and get them in situations where you know they're going to throw the ball, 
I mean, their charges are hard to beat, man. Because if you get Ingram and you get Bosa teeing off on your quarterback, it's hard to get rid of it. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. You need like a you need a legit line to yeah. stop both of those guys. That game is going to be in Mexico City, Chiefs Chargers in two weeks. By the way, uh, should be pretty awesome. Well, you know, yeah. interesting thing i want to note about that too we can talk about it more next week obviously you know last year they canceled the mexico city game that mm-hmm. was supposed to be rams chiefs because of the field conditions with mahomes and that injury ankle i don't know i just think that's interesting you know Ooh, talk about yeah. field porous field conditions coming back off an ankle injury and they when they moved the game that became the most ridiculous right. regular season game of all time that's true whose home game is it do you know it's technically the chargers home game so that could be another game that's supposed to be the Chiefs against an LA team in Mexico City that gets moved back to LA. So I we don't have think to it's go. Gonna get, I don't think it's going to get moved. If it were to, it, we have to go. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, we have to go. That's what we're taking away from this situation, sure. because those tickets were cheap. Because it's you said it's Monday night. I think it's Monday night. Yeah, yeah. and last time it was Thursday night. I believe, or it was it Monday was night. It was Monday night also. It was Monday night. Yeah. yeah, so it was cheap tickets. It was like fifty bucks. So we're going if. <laughs> We might have to call in some favors in Mexico City. I don't know who we know there, but... Felix. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for the Week 9 uh, football review. So let's get into just one NBA topic. So, Wyatt, you're a, you're a known Warriors fan. You've been riding high the past few years. This season has five been... Years. Past five years? Okay, <laughs> five years. Uh, this season, so far, the Warriors have only played seven games, but they're two and five. Not looking like the year some expected. Uh, what do you think? I mean, obviously it's early, but what what do you think the Warriors should do so far? Like, you know, what should their plan be going forward this season? Blow it up or try and compete? Or like, what do you think they should do? First of all, last night was a pretty sweet win for them. You know, and that's I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen a lot more. And also, obviously, the Trailblazers just have some fucking block where they just they can't beat the Warriors. The Warriors just own them. I mean, yeah. literally. This is a fact. No one that played versus the Trailblazers in the playoffs last year played a minute in that game last night. Not a single oh, player. I can hear that. Let me read the starting oh. lineup for <laughs> anyone who didn't watch. Okay. Eric Paschal, Paschal, Glenn Robinson III, you may know him from winning that dunk contest, Willie Colley-Stein, Kay Bowman, I Jordan Poole. No one actually knows who Kay Bowman Kay is. Kay Bowman. Um, I heard Steve Kerr say, we're not sure who he is. He just walked in one day and he fucking made some threes. Kai. Oh, I was only one letter off. Kai Bowman. Yeah. Uh, Who had 19, too. <laughs> went um, to Boston College. Uh, he's a rookie, and that's all we know. Yeah. No, I think uh, that was, yeah, it's like a G League team out there right now. It really is. You know, Eric Pascal, though, I want to say I'm very impressed with him. He had 36 last night. That was his third game of the season where he scored over 20 plus, which is tied for. Uh, rookies with jay barrett for most uh, games over 20 points which i think is impressive yeah. um but no for the warriors this season y- listen you're not gonna win a championship that's obvious you know like i think steph curry's out like eight weeks i think it's like seven weeks at this might point. be like three months right they're not yeah. gonna rush him back by any means i mean draymond has like a what like a ligament tear or some shit like that some fake injury Just go on WebMD and <laughs> randomize injury exactly and he has Right, so I mean, it feels like the Warriors are tanking, you know, and I think this year is going to be a lot about player development, developing guys like Pascal, and I think mm-hmm. there are three guys, Pascal, uh, Jordan Poole, I think could be a good player, and then um, also Damian Jones, uh, or Damian oh, Lee. Damian Lee, Damian yeah. Lee who's yeah. played well for us. Second year guy, right? Right, he's, a, he's on a two-way contract right now. I think he could potentially help them moving forward, but look, I mean, if you're the Warriors, man, 
ideally your situation is you develop some of these rookies, you have a terrible season, you have a top 20 protected lottery pick. Hopefully, you know, you get in maybe the top 10, top five. Mm -hmm. So then you could either use that as a trade piece with uh, D'Angelo Russell, or maybe you find someone you really like, because I know the Warriors have some certain salary cap problems. When you have salary cap problems, the best way to, you know, fill out your roster with good players is obviously through the draft. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think next year you could be looking at a team that's a healthy Steph Curry, a healthy Klay Thompson, a healthy Draymond Green, and then, you know, potentially some solid role players added around that team through a D-low trade or potentially that draft pick trade or something mm-hmm. like that. So I think it's fair to say this season is it's a lost season for the Warriors at this point. Um, but watch out for them next year. You know, I this is a veteran league, the NBA. You know, we, obviously the Warriors have won with youth. They had veterans on their team. But before the Warriors run, you saw, like, the Celtics, those teams, the Lakers, those teams. Like, those are older players, you know, kind of, you know, in the second half of their prime, that sort of thing. And I think that's kind of what the Warriors will be next year. And so I think they'll be able to make another run. Uh, but this season, it's they're going to be one of the worst teams. Yeah. yeah. Like, for this season, it looks like a lost season. But so, okay, so you know how we've seen guys like Ben Simmons or Blake Griffin, number one pick, super high picks. They sit out their entire first season, right? Right. And then they come back that next season and win Rookie of the Year because everyone's like, whoa, it looks like they're men amongst boys because they've had a whole year to get rep, like, exactly. know, reps in practice that don't count. NBA no practice. One, yeah, and yeah. no one's you know really, really grading them. So this is like that same sentiment, but for the whole team, right. where all the young guys for the Warriors now get to play against real players. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors still have like a pretty national tv heavy schedule for sure where they're playing all these good teams so like these guys are going to get real reps and get tested in real games and still be able to compete like beating the blazers like last night yeah but so that'll only make them all better for next season and at the same time they're going to have a bad record right get a super high pick so so okay so you you touched on it briefly but so what if the warriors get say like a you know top three to five pick okay yeah and then they they package that. They go to the Wizards and say, "We'll give you D'Angelo Russell and the number three pick for Bradley Beal," and there and that means. And then maybe sure you have to throw in some young guy, yeah. like maybe a prospect or whatever. That means next season, theoretically, this would be the Warriors starting lineup. You have Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. And then on the bench, you have Pascal, Poole. Uh, Lee, all these all guys, guys. who yeah. ha- just had an entire season right. of testing themselves against starters in the NBA, mm. and now it's like, yo, guys, relax, come off the bench, play twenty minutes against scrubs. That seems like nothing. Yeah, that's just like that should be the Warriors' like pipe dream almost right there. No, I think you're dead on. You know, and Pascal and his uh, post game press conference said last night, you know, how many rookies get the opportunity to play forty minutes versus Dame and CJ on primetime television and just ball out? Like, I mean, like no rookies get that opportunity. That's a great How quote about right that? there. Yeah, yeah. Really, like, no one gets that opportunity. And so it really is kind of a, a special thing for these guys to be able to do this as far as the younger guys. But um, I almost think I kind of want to go the opposite way in that I think the Warriors should look to try to get more role players, I guess, mm-hmm. around their three guys instead of, like, trying and trade for someone like a Bradley Beal, like another yeah. superstar. Like, I think... Like, even that team last year that lost, you know, if the, I, to me, if, I felt like if that team had, like, 
like an Austin Rivers, you know, just like a Covington or like mm-hmm. a Sarich or like a Jeff Teague, like players like that, like a couple dudes like that, I thought could have put them over the edge a little bit. So, um, you know, I just think you want to round out that roster more, but I agree. Like, at the end of the day, too, if you could get Bradley Beal, though, you got to get him. Like, that's a pretty like, good if that's on the table, for KG, right, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can't lie. If that's on the table, you got to take it without yeah. a doubt. Like, and, at least go, you know, right. at least try. And at if least... you're talking about a Warrior team with Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, Clay Thompson, I mean, get the fuck out of yeah. here. Like, that's. Just <laughs> be like, oh, right. wait, none of them is really a small forward. Shut up. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. That's three of the best shooters in the NBA. And then Beal and Thompson are, like, pretty similar. Yeah. You know, Beal isn't the same defender that Clay is, but Clay's not the same on-ball creator that Beal is. Exactly. So right there, that three right there is insane. That's no, just like... it's It really is wild. That's just fun to envision, that team. And I don't know if the Wizards, they could trade Beal this season, but I'm just saying that should be like a possibility. Like if I was Bob Myers or Lacob or whoever, Bob Myers, I would call whoever the Wizards dumbass general manager is right now right. and be like, hey man, any offer you get for Beal, turn it down because <laughs> we're tanking. Don't tell anyone, but we're tanking. And we'll give you D'Angelo and whatever pick that is. Right. And we could throw in random player X, like solid role player X, if you really want. Yeah. For Beal. No, I mean, that'd be wild. And, you know, it seems without a doubt that, I mean, D'Lo's going to get traded. It's not a matter of if, it's mm-hmm. when at this point. You know, I thought there was like a small sliver of chance, like, oh, if Steph Curry and D'Lo could somehow click in the Warriors, everything comes mm-hmm. together and they have a great season, then maybe it's like, okay, this works and he's going to stay. But... I think he was always going to be traded unless that happened, yeah. and he's definitely going to get traded now at this point. Yeah. Um, I was almost thinking before the season even started, like, what if you traded, like, D'Lo, like, for, like, Steven Adams and, like, Gallinari or some weird shit, you know, and then you mm-hmm. round out your roster like that. You to get go Clay, for Th- it, you get like Clay Thompson season. back, and, like, okay, maybe you have a chance. But, uh, no, I think packaging him with a draft pick at the mm-hmm. end of the season is going to be the way to go for the Warriors for sure and then maybe even you know you have these young guys you want to develop them but if like if it takes maybe putting a Jordan Poole or maybe even a Pascal in that to get like a mega player yeah it's worth it then. I think if you're the Warriors you just move into a new fucking billion dollar stadium that you charge a billion dollars per ticket like you kind of owe it to your fans if yeah that's what it's gonna they be. only have this season really to be like oh right. all the injuries whatever oh no the warriors is gonna start based to on it. what what's happened with the stadium they have to like kind of mm-hmm. win a ship yeah again because those <laughs> those fans those pretentious ass yeah. you know tech Techies. millionaires exactly. they'll send them back to oakland no if they have another up. bad year next season right. like yeah it's not gonna fly no because the one thing we know about you know these techies in san francisco is they waver and if the warriors start losing they'll jump over the giants yeah. or some shit like yeah. that <laughs> yeah they'll be kings fans right. or something exactly. disgusting like that exactly yeah but this is funny that it's like this is the nba though with all this turnover this is going to be the new normal is like a team that's in the finals yeah and looks like they're about to win the final they were the season the favorite all season up until clay and kd got hurt last year right and now it's like oh can they get a top three pick like that's how fast no. stuff is going to change mean, in the nba it's amazing to think of that moment where Clay Thompson is going down for that dunk, you know, to put the Warriors up by 10 or whatever in game six mm-hmm. of the finals to now it's like they're two and five and the season is already over basically. Like we're yeah. looking at, okay, we're getting a lot of, no, it really, it's incredible. And, you know, to parlay off that a little bit, for a lot of NBA te- teams, this is the season to win the ship because you talk about what we just said about the Warriors. The Warriors are going to be back next mm-hmm. year. Kevin Durant's going to be back next year. So the Nets the are going to be, yeah. be in it. You know, so if their teams like the Sixers, 
the Trailblazers, the Nuggets. Like these are teams where it's like this is this is the year, man. Yeah. Like right now, because there's going to be a lot more competition. Like it already seems like there's a lot of teams that are in contention for the title, and we're only getting two more teams right, next right. season exactly. with the Warriors and the and exactly. The Nets. So this is that's why this is going to be. It already looks like it's you know building up to be, but one of the best just seasons of all time. Oh, for sure. Because it's like this team looks great one night. Like okay, the Clippers beat the the Lakers opening night. Oh, the Lakers look like they're done. The six Clippers are awesome. Wait a sec. Yeah. The Clippers lost to the Suns. Now the Lakers are six and one. What is happening? All these teams look insane. Right. Like it's just going to be every week. No. That's why we'll do a topic every week because so much is going to happen. It, every it, week. it really is crazy. And even when you look at teams like the Mavericks, like mm-hmm. the Mavericks to me are a playoff team this year, but there's not. They're not a finals team for sure, but they're a team that's like maybe a year or two away mm-hmm. from the finals. So it's just another team that's going to like in the future, they're just going to be better and there's just yep. more competition. So if you're the Nuggets, again, you're the Trailblazers, you're the Rockets, you know, mm-hmm. this is this is the time, man. So but it seems like there's going to be a lot of teams who are going to make kind of panicky trades to get guys to yeah. like win now. For sure. But the smart teams, which should be teams like the Nuggets and the Mavs, should like keep your core intact because yeah. they're all, they're super young. You yeah. Know? The Nuggets are building around Murray and Jokic, and then the Mavs have uh, Porzingis and, and Doncic. So yeah. it's like, don't do anything stupid to screw that up for this season. Right. Keep it together and just let them, you know, like, let them grow, you know, organically. Exactly. I think, you know, and to a certain extent, I think they have advantages over teams like maybe even the Lakers or the Clippers that are kind of like more patchwork teams. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, the really, they're really good teams. The Rockets, right, the for Rockets. sure, like, yeah. Those are great teams mm-hmm. right now, but like in a couple years, like you could be like, oh, what's like going on with the Lakers? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's possible. Or the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets, like this could go disastrously for yeah. them. And like, they could just become irrelevant in a couple yeah. years. Like, that's, it's completely possible. Those three teams specifically. Right. Though, because they all have like, okay, Anthony Davis is a free agent this upcoming summer. LeBron is, is really? 34. Yeah. Wow. LeBron's 34, 35. Right. The Clippers, both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, only signed two-year deals. They have a player option for the third year. Yeah. So they could be out after next season. And then the Rockets, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, like that's all you need to say. That equals combustibility. Exactly. Right? Like it exactly. smells like smoke right, already. Right. Like something's burning, like, but we don't know that what. That does not sound like a, a long-term happy no. marriage. Like that just <laughs> sounds like it could burn very bright, you know, yeah, but for, it's, it's going to be quick. That's like a, a famous, you know, like a wedding between two like famous musicians or actors yeah. or something where it could be incredible and then it could end really no, dark. Yeah, it was Brad Pitt <laughs> and Angelina Jolie, bro. But okay, uh, let's see. Our sign-off this week, I think, with the Patriots losing, should be Lamar Jackson MVP. One, two, three. Lamar, Lamar for MVP. MVP.